This is the legacy edition of Tamarut Akankana. Welcome to Time Out with Pastor Akan. As usual, my name is Akan Ka and I am pleased to welcome you to the third edition of this podcast. Today I'd like to start by sharing with us a message, experience and scripture. And the text I want to discuss about will be from the book of Second Peter in chapter 1. I read from verse 12 to 21. I read from the NIV version. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them already and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Number 16. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. For He received honor and glory from God the Father when a voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I love, and with Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Verse 19, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Verse 21 For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, the book of Second Peter is very instructive for us in our day and in our generation. But before we look into the text, I want us to take time to understand the person of Peter. Who was Peter? A quick look at the gospel. You will see that Peter was first introduced to Jesus. A particular day Jesus was preaching and he asked for the boat that Peter used so that he could step aside from the crowd a little bit and be able to preach. We know that at that particular event that Peter told and he caught nothing. And when Jesus asked him to use his boat, he accepted. After the ministration, Jesus told Peter to launch into the deep and to cast his net. Peter said, I've told all night, I have caught nothing. But at your word, I will cast my net. And what happened? He caught a huge amount of fish that his net almost broke. The Bible said, Peter saying this, he said, Far from me, I am a wicked man, um, an unrighteous man. And uh, he realized he was a sinner. Jesus said, No worry, I will make you fishers of men. The same Peter, very temperamental, very honest, very down to earth. 
Jesus asked his disciples later on in the text, Who do men say I am? They said, Okay, you're Elijah, you're this and you're that. Then they said, Whom do you say I am? Then, as usual, the Peter, with so much gusto and boldness, said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, only my Father which is in heaven. Not quite long, uh, Jesus began to tell them of the things he would suffer. The same Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Now that was the kind of Peter we are dealing with. A man that was rash, that was responsive, that was impulsive. He, he set his mind there and then. Sometimes a bit thoughtless. And that's why Jesus Christ, Bible says, rebuked him and said, Get behind me, Satan, for thou dost not have the things of God in your mind. And we see the same Peter who swore that he would never deny Jesus. Jesus said that um, before the cock crows, he would deny me three times. Peter, in his wildest dream, could not imagine that he would be the one that would deny Christ. And so he swore, no. And so what happened, we know the story. The third time he crossed and swore that I did not know the Lord Jesus and immediately he had the cock crow and the man Peter who could swear that he would not deny Christ was the one that wept that he denied him. He was a man that would easily repent. In other words, Peter was a man that was not alien to falling to denying Christ. The same Peter that after Jesus was resurrected told the other disciples, I go a fishing. And when Jesus asked them, children, have you had any meat after they toiled without any success? And he said, okay, cast your net to the particular side. And the Bible says that they, they got an enormous amount of fish. And when Peter, when he was told by John that, hey, it is the master, Peter stripped his slows and jumped into the water. This man, Peter, is profound. He literally entered the water naked. He said, what? You know, and, 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 and you need to understand the kind of person Peter was very passionate about God. And in St. Peter, Jesus asks, love us more than this. Three times. Two of the times Jesus spoke about agape. The third time he had to use the word filio. And he told Peter something, that when you are young, you can go wherever you want to, but you will be old and you will stretch your hand and will lead you to where you do not want to. The writer of John said that this Jesus said signifying the manner of death that Peter should glorify God. And so years later, Peter here said that Jesus showed me that I am about to die. And so he sets out to write an epistle to the church. I don't know about you, but in Africa, the most silent things are usually said on deathbed. If somebody, a man that have gone through life and experience, wants to reflect or say whatever it is that is most important to him, or something that he wants the next generation to hold on to for life, he usually says it at a time when he knows he is about to die. So I believe strongly that the things that we're going to study in this series is instrumental to Christian faith. Remember the Bible says in the book of Jude that we should eagerly contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Now, I believe that this faith we're referring to, Peter was about to pass it before he died. He said, Jesus showed him in verse 14.
He said, and I will make a therefore to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So I believe that these things are very important. Now, what is it that he was so burning to say? He said that the gospel was not a cooked up message or myth. Verse 67, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We're saying that the Jesus is coming again. It's not a fable. It's not a lie. It's, it's, it's real. It's a lie. That the gospel that we bear, the hope of Christianity, does not lie. Our faith is historical. We have more than enough historical proofs that Jesus walked on the earth for 33 years, lived and died, and the words that he spoke and he said was corroborated with many witnesses. And Peter went on to say that it was a living witness to the transfiguration event on the holy mountain. We did not follow cleverly invented stories. When we told you about the power and the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, that we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he, talking about Jesus Christ, received honor and glory from God the Father. When the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard his voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Remember that it wasn't just only Peter that was sacred mountain, Peter, James, and John. Peter here says the most important thing to know was that the gospel that they bore was not a telltale. It was real. He said he saw Jesus change. Remember the story in the gospel? He saw Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah. He heard the voice. Now, the key thing wasn't so much the Jesus changing, but the witness, the voice. He said he had the voice of the Father from heaven. How does he put it in the NIV version? He said, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, that was the way he spoke of God. And so the voice said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father testified of Christ. Now, it didn't just stop there. For if one is seeking a special supernatural experience, it cannot get better than this. Several people are always trying to experience God and get a supernatural experience or seeking one or tripping over one. But, but the thing is, if anybody has to have had any form of supernatural experience, the highest form you can have is the one that Peter, James and John experienced on the sacred mountain where Jesus was speaking with Moses and Elijah and his baptism remained changed and the Father spoke about Jesus that this is my beloved son. It cannot be better than that. In verse 19, Peter said, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light in a dark place, and to the light shining in a dark place under the day dawns, and a morning star rises in your heart. What Peter is saying here is that, hey, we experienced God. We had an encounter, spiritual, supernatural, spectacular, unique. It has never happened. This experience we received made the word of the 
prophet must certain. What is he referring to? Remember that in the Old Testament, the embodiment of the divine revelation was in the office of prophet. The words of a prophet refers to the writings of the Old Testament. So it's simply saying the scriptures as at the time that Peter was speaking, which was the Old Testament that they had, it made what they learned in scriptures more certain. Now it is instructive the way Peter approached that supernatural experience he had. A lot of people will pay to have that kind of experience, but the approach to it is what is more instructive. He didn't ask people to come and experience the same thing he experienced. Rather, Peter said that the thing of experience makes the scripture all the more real. It makes the words of the prophet all the more authentic. In other words, the experience they had on that mountain validated the scriptures that they had. Praise the Lord. And what was his advice based on that? Verse 19. And you will do well to pay attention to it. What is it? Is it to the vision I have? No. To the words of a prophet. In other words, Peter was saying, we had a revelation. We saw God. We heard God, and what we experienced proved that the scriptures was not lying. So, church, take heed to the scripture. Now, we live in a day and age when men have supernatural experience, and what, has, what is their prayer? They pray, oh, that you may experience what I experience. It is unnecessary for me to experience what Peter experienced. What Peter said, that yes, we experienced it, but our experience proved that the Bible is true. So my brother, my sister, take heed to the Bible. Take heed to scriptures. Take heed to the Word of God. So, he said that the experience strengthened our confidence. It confirmed that the prophetic word, that is the scriptures, is true. So, what was Peter trying to say here? He's saying the purpose of that experience was to point us to scripture. Jesus told Thomas, the blessed are those that do not see yet believe. Because all the Thomas said I was I must see him, I must touch him, I must feel him before I believe. And then they say, hey, blessed are those that do not need to see, touch, feel to believe that I am. Hallelujah. Peter, they said I saw, I felt, I experienced, but I will leave you with one thing, not with my experience, I'll leave you with the scriptures. It's important to know that where he was pointing us to was not even what happened on the mountain, but that what happened on the mountain proved what the Bible, what the prophets, what the scriptures, what the Old Testament writings have already established. And so to do you good to take heed to the scripture. Christian, affirm your faith on the word of God, not on your experiences. Sometimes some people say, oh, I know the way God talks to me. And so that is the way they view God. 
based on how God talks to me. You are missing it. Your life, the value of your faith, the anchor of your faith is not how God talks to you. It's not how you perceive God in the realm of your experience, but what the scriptures boldly written and the text speaks about God. The Bible is the revelation of God to man. Bible is about God. It's about God, His creation, and His work of redemption through the person of Christ, and He's coming again. And so everything in scriptures points to God. And so Peter was saying, we saw God, we heard God, and so to do you good to take heed to the scriptures. Is it possible that some of our experiences question the validity of scripture? Be careful about our experiences. Any godly experience, any godly supernatural manifestation or experience can only go as far as to validate God's word. We'll continue this in the next podcast. I sincerely hope that as we study scripture and listen to a man who walked closely with Jesus almost at the twilight of his life say Muslim things in his heart we would begin from today to consider how that the scriptures is the only anchor for our faith irrespective of the manifestations that we, we see we hear and we feel that the scriptures is what makes us strong in Christ the manifestations will come and go but our faith can only be anchored on scriptures. God bless you. Join us next week for another insightful episode of Time Out with Pastor Akin. It is our sincere hope that you have been blessed by this week's message. For more Christian articles, log on to www.nikaolife.org. God bless you.